Listening to Critical End episode 84. Logan, we just came off our third annual uh, Oscar Live blog, and I think it was our most successful one yet. I think uh, not only was it the most successful one, but it was the best one yet, Ryan. Absolutely. I had a great time, and I feel everyone else did too, uh, except those people that, well, most people I think did not enjoy it so no, much. No, nobody actually. Even us, I didn't like it. I, I hired someone else to do it for me. <laughs> that explains that a lot. You, by the way. <laughs> Oh, man. Here's the 10 bucks. Thank you. Thank No problem. That explains how tired I was after. Um, no, we had a record turnout. A record number of, uh, of people came to comment and read along, and uh, it was a really fun show. It was probably one of the worst Oscar ceremonies I've ever seen, but the uh, commentary was really fun. I was thinking that, yeah, it might be one of the worst, but thinking back, I can't think of one that was worse. Last year's was worse, I say. I still maintain that, and it's probably because it was just more disappointing because I wanted Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin to be better. Um, was that no? That was Hugh Jackman last year. You're going back two years, I think. No, no, Steve Martin was last year. Yeah. Was that really? Yeah. Wait, seriously? Then what was with all the Hugh Jackman jokes this year? <laughs> yeah, they just missed out on that. <laughs> I think they're like me; they just skipped a year. Right. Um, no, right. That, it was definitely yeah. That was definitely last year. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I thought that was kind of stupid though, with two like having two people. Um, I don't know if Alec Baldwin's ever done it by himself, but you know, Steve Martin had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess they're like, well, Steve can't carry the show by himself. Uh, I, I don't get any of those decisions. I think uh, Billy Crystal being on for five seconds this year, you know, everybody instantly was like, why isn't he hosting? Um, so I, I don't know. I, I wish that he would come back. I, I seriously think they're asking him, but I bet it's a, just a very incredibly stressful thing. And he's in semi-retirement as far as his movie career goes anyway. Is he in oh. semi-retirement or did he just stop getting offers? Um, I bet he's in semi-retirement because, well, he might have stopped getting offers, too. Because towards the end, he was mostly just doing his own stuff, like America's Sweethearts. Um, I can't. I want to say like Monsters Inc. might have been the last thing I remember seeing Billy Crystal in. He is going to be in the sequel, right? So that's. Oh, I'm sure he will be. Yeah, but you know, voice works so easy for actors. That's true. Um, um, but he, yeah, I, I like. I like to think My Giant was the turning point where he stopped uh, doing good things. Although actually, I did like America's Sweethearts and a lot of that stuff. See, I can't. I can't think of him not getting offers anymore. I, I don't think that's the case. Eh, you're probably right. Let's call him. Let's prank call him. Yeah. Let's just become a, a funny phone. Uh, a podcast where we just called yeah, Billy Crystal. Yeah, a PPP. <laughs> a funny phone podcast. Yes, yeah. Triple P. Yeah, Triple P. Um, I, I totally support this. And, but we don't call like different people. We just always call Billy Crystal. He's like, I know it's you guys. I'm not going to host the Oscars. <laughs> it's, what are you talking about? Hey, I'm an Italian guy. That's what I would say. <laughs> I think it'll be pretty great. That's a real so That was Billy Crystal for a second. That's Billy Crystal. <laughs> But at the end of the first show, it's obvious we're not actually calling Billy Crystal. <laughs> now we're going to call just... Billy Crystal. I'm like, hey, it's a bit of Crystal. Uh, you're not the calling me by the pranks, are you? But the funny thing is, we would prank call Billy Crystal to offer him parts. <laughs> in actual <laughs> movies that we thought he should have been in. Right. Do you want to be yeah. in Transformers? He's like, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I'll think about it. I guess I'll consider it. City Slickers 2? He's like, well, you know. Like, wait, I was in City one. Slickers 2 already. Yes. <laughs> Uh, let's just prank call Daniel Stern. That'll be easier, probably. Oh, yes, much easier. He showed up in something recently. I'm like, wow, that guy's let himself go. Oh, really? No, I can't remember what it He's was. He's fat now? Oh. No, 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 no. He just looked, didn't look, uh, I think it was Whippet. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think that. The Drew Barrymore movie? Yeah. Hmm. I think he's like her father in that. No. Oh. So, right. Anyway, we can look into it, but why? Bother? Why would we? What, what we're trying to get her to say in a really roundabout way is thanks to everyone who showed up. Uh, we look forward to doing it again next year, and maybe at some point in between, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. This was really um, fun. 
if you have any uh, constructive criticism and or just, you know, really mean, vicious criticism, we'll take it all. So send it our way about what you thought. Um, and if you know of something that you think people might be interested in us doing uh, the same thing with, let us know as well. Yeah, we've only live-blogged the Oscars. We've done it three times, but we've always talked about live-blogging other things. Uh, the Emmys have come up as a possibility, other sort of award shows. So if there's some event that you want us to, to uh, add our take to, let us know, because we'll probably do it. We're like that. Yeah, we always like hearing from you guys, and when someone tells us something like that, we we get more inspired to do it instead of when we're sitting around like, well, let's now live blog the Oscars again. Ooh. Yeah, the people who listen to this show, the small number of people who actually listen to us have more control over us than they realize. It's they could just email us about anything. They're like, okay, we're live blog my cat. I'm like, all right. Well, we're always <laughs> now he's over here. Hugh Jackman joke. We're always uh, sending them free Randy Newman CDs and styrofoam yeah, cups exactly. that I signed. So Doing like, random breakfast club shows for them for no right, reason. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So okay. he said I rocked the jukebox. There was a reason. There why was that. a reason. Uh, yeah. It was a clear lie, but okay. Uh, <laughs> I've yet to see you rock. I've yet to see any one. jukebox around you or uh, your effect on it, sir. Um, but anyway, this week uh, we tackled Drive Angry. Yes. Which also, is known as Drive Angry 3D. Yeah, uh, I want. I was waiting to see whether it would be Drive Angry 3D in the oh, actual are, movie no. title. It was not. The it was just Drive Angry. Yeah, the biggest letdown for that, the, the closest you get to the title having 3D in the end of it, is that it always kind of bulges out slightly towards you. That was kind of weird. I That's, expected it to, like, crash into me. I wanted it to blow up, like right. a Friday the 13th type uh, intro. But no, the uh, the biggest letdown for those intros was Piranha. Like, I really want the 3D to come flying out at me. That's true. But it never appears. It's just Piranha. I'm like, well, I've seen Piranha. Piranha. I've seen 2D titles before. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> movie. Um, um, but but no, driving... Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The Drive Angry 3D, let me, let me say that um, this was a movie, and I've said it before, where I saw the trailer like three times and was like, ah, Nicolas Cage, goofy movie, I don't know, I don't really care that much. Then for some reason, the fourth time I saw the trailer, I was like, wait a minute, I somehow really want to see this all of a sudden. And I think the reason was, I was really hoping that it would have the same sort of sensibility and style as like a grindhouse, where it was just sort of like, we're parodying, we're sort of parodying and we're sort of give, doing a loving homage to these old grindhousey type movies, these gritty 70s action movies, where things didn't really make sense in a funny way, but everything was over-the-top action and just sort of awesome scenes and, and machismo and that kind of thing, in a very self-knowing way. Um, I'm with you. When, with the title like Drive 3D, that's kind of what I was expecting too. If anything, just kind of a tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Um, lovingness with this sort of genre, especially now whenever you see any sort of commercial trailer for film where they're driving muscle cars, mm. like Faster jumps to mind, that last movie The Rock. Mm. You you kind of think, just a bullet, you think these 70s films um, yeah. that were shot cheap and had really cool action uh, car chases and whatever. Um, but the uh, the other draw for me was uh, the being told that this was the same director as My Bloody Valentine 3D, yeah. uh, which is a one of our early podcasts, uh, which I think I saw it again recently, and I think that's that's still a fun film. It's not as good, of course, not in 3D. Yeah, agreed. Um, but it had everything you wanted from a uh, 3D horror R-rated movie uh, before that sort of thing existed. That was before uh, Piranha, even. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of that style definitely comes back uh, in, in this movie, especially early on. There's a lot of that sort of like, well, if we're doing this in 3D, let's do this. There you go. Yeah, they kind of go all out. It's It's pretty good 3D. What's worth. It is, you know. I wish there was more. Like, it's one of those things where it wasn't as with with bloody my bloody Valentine 3D. I would say, well, you have to see it in 3D. This yes. not as much. There was a few. There were a few uniquely 3D moments, but it was. I would still have enjoyed it probably just as much otherwise. 
Yeah, my bloody Valentine. Uh, since I, I guess we'll just go ahead and tackle the 3D for a bit before we even get to the plot. Okay. Um, the the 3D in my bloody Valentine. There was a lot of it, and he had this whole pickaxe thing going on. He was always throwing that at the camera in some way. Right. Um, there's long shots of tunnels, and that's why it looked cool because you know closed in spaces are good for that sort of 3D feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had some of that, like this really kind of cool intro in this movie featured a lot of that. It opens with this car like coming to stop and leaves that instantly blow up in front of the camera. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. And, it, you know, hand get blown to the camera and all that. In the opening, I, I don't know if this was elsewhere, I only, only really noticed in the opening, but uh, dudes would get shot and the blood spurts would be on a separate plane from the guys. So they would exactly. sort of like spurt out at you, which was kind of cool. Uh, which was kind of cool. But it, it kind of gets dropped throughout the movie, which is weird because, you know, it was shot in 3D. He's made a, a, a pretty awesome uh, 3D film before. Um, so it's kind of weird that a lot of that got dropped in, but there's other moments when it's used for no particular reason. Um, there's this one character who's, uh, prone to just throw it, throwing this, like, coin medallion type thing into the air, mm-hmm. and I don't, I never quite figured out why. That's <laughs> um, not very well explained, cool. yeah. Yeah, there's no explanation, I don't know if it's needed, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but it looks cool in 3D, it's yeah. the only explanation we're, we're really given here. Okay, so enough about the 3D, let's talk about Drive Angry itself as a movie. Alright, so here's Drive Angry. Uh, again, the style of it is the sort of a 70s car action-y kind of movie. Um, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage stars in it, along with, um, let's see, so William Fichtner, is that how you pronounce that, is the accountant? Is the accountant. I don't, uh, you would just look him up because I, you'll, you'll, you'll he's, instantly recognize him from other things. Yeah, he's like a, a Tony Todd type person, he shows up on a lot of things, you just don't know his name. Yeah, I mean, looking down here, let's see, he was in The Dark Knight, apparently, oh. he was, yeah, I mean, he, a lot of things, that, like, I can't even think of anything, but you would instantly recognize him. Uh, Billy Burke, also, I know you uh, view Billy Burke as the only highlight of the Twilight series. Um, yes, yeah, so. I'm, I'm some of a little Billy Burke uh, nerd. Right. Um, this is kind of a miscasting on his part in this film, I think. But go ahead. Okay, so oh, I just I disagree completely. I disagree. Um, so Nicholas Cage plays this dude Milton, and uh, what you it's it's John Milton Ryan. This is about as clever as the movie gets. Remember. <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. I'm okay, sorry. Go you're ahead. Right. You're right. Of that's course. that's pretty much seriously about as clever as the movie. Gets. <laughs> I just I didn't even get that until you said that. Wow. Okay. You you didn't even. Get I didn't that. even know. I didn't know that was his last. Uh, his I was John Milton. Yeah, it's John Milton. I was wondering if anyone would point it out, and they actually kind of, after they, there's some quick introductions throughout the movie with him, they just get, they call him Milton the whole time. That's right, I thought that was actually his first name. I didn't catch his name was John, or I would have gotten it. That's hilarious. Okay, so, yeah, only clever reference in the film. No, anyway, so he plays John Milton, apparently, mostly called Milton, and he's this sort of tough dude um, who, as the story unfolds, and this is in the trailer, so I don't feel bad saying it, but as the story unfolds, we find out that he has, he's been dead for a long time, and he has now escaped from hell. Hell is essentially designed like a prison. He busted out and, and got back to Earth. And the reason he did was because um, he is trying to save his granddaughter. Uh, he was unable to save his actual daughter, uh, although I think she died after he was already dead. The whole yes. complicated thing there. But he sort of his, he had a bad relationship with his daughter, unable to save her when she was killed. And the same guy who was this creepy cult leader played by Billy Burke is going to now kill his daughter, his little baby uh, granddaughter, sorry, granddaughter, who's going to be sacrificed to the full moon. So he has, from now until the full moon, to rescue his baby granddaughter. And uh, uh, he has along with him uh, this uh, girl he meets at a diner named Piper, who uh, is going to sort of be the badass chick of the movie and help him out. Meanwhile, uh, they are being pursued by the accountant, who is also from hell. Uh, and he, we get the sense that his goal is to sort of make sure that everyone who's supposed to be dead dies at the right time and stays dead. So he's got to go get Nicolas Cage back. But he has sort of at alternating times 
you know, trying to stop Nicolas Cage and sometimes trying to give him enough time to do what he needs to do before he takes him back to hell. So it's this big, crazy action movie where a guy from hell is trying to save a baby from a voodoo cult and people are getting shot every five seconds. And that could either be terrible or it could be just beautifully, cheesily awesome. And I vote the second. What did you think? Um, I, I think this movie is one of, for me, it's one of those films that walks the line. Um, it's, uh, yeah, you would, you would, kind of, you would kind of think it would go either way. And just, when you describe the plot like that, I would instantly produce this film right away. I'm yes. like, here's all my money, get it made. Yes. Um, and it's done with just the right amount of spunk, I think, that makes it interesting and funny and lovable Moxie. at times. Um, I, it never quite reaches, well, there are times, oh, okay, I'll take it back. There's times when it does reach an awesomeness level, I think. Um, there's other times when I feel like it's totally not living up to its potential. There's kind of like stupid little monologues along the way. Nicholas Cage describing like what hell's like and all that. It's not anywhere near as exciting or tongue-in-cheek as I wanted from this movie. Um, and then there's other times when it gets uh, overly sentimental. I think there's like a, kind of a teary goodbye at the end, uh, which I did not want from this movie. I view that um, as that, just part of the cheesiness, though. Yeah, it kind of it's kind of melodramatic if you want to call that cheesy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but do. none of this is bad. Don't get me wrong. I think this is a very entertaining, fun time at the theater, mm-hmm. uh, and it walks that line perfectly between kind of a bad film at the same time a pretty um, a pretty fun film as well. It's no, um, it doesn't have any of the plot structure indoor cleverness uh, besides John Milton, of course, of uh, My Bloody Valentine 3D. Um, it's from the same two writers, uh, which is interesting. And it has a lot of the same cast, too, actually, in small parts, I, uh, I noticed. Mm. Um, but it's kind of just, here's what's going on, now let's get to it type film. Right. Um, there's not enough angry driving, I think. I know that sounds like a weird complaint. Um, I kind of wanted more of that in the movie. Uh, and then there's... There's a lot of... I mean, okay, I can see your argument. There's a lot, a lot of it, there's, though. Yeah, um, and then there's absolutely no... Uh, I'd say 80% of the things in the movie have no explanation whatsoever. Um, but I was actually okay with that. My rating will not reflect that in any way. Uh, my rating, I had a good time, though, with this film. My rating's a little reflective of that. I, I, uh, there's, they're a little unclear as to hell actu- how hell actually works, what the accountant's actual motivations are, because in one scene, he'll look like he's actually trying to, to completely stop Nicolas Cage or kill him as much as you could kill a guy who's already dead. Um, right. And then the next scene, he'll suddenly facilitate you know, his escape from something or he'll help him out. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. And at the end... You know, you get the idea while well, he was sort of of two minds of the whole situation, but it's it's not really well explained as to why uh, he chose to do that. Also, like you started to mention, uh, the accountant has this coin, and he says... I, I, I feel it was a medallion or something. Okay, um, I can see that. But he was... Fl- like, no, it does have a head and a tail side, it looks like. No, I, I thought it actually looked to me like a St. Christopher's medallion. It's, it wasn't, obviously, it wasn't that, but it kind of like, they reminded me of that sort of thing. But you're right, it might be some sort of coin. Well, um, he, if anything, it might be Roman or something, because we saw a, well, one point a bullet with flatten on it. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, go ahead. He did say, this is your lucky day. So he says, this is your lucky day. He has these, early on in the movie, there's these two cops. They're going to take the accountant in because uh, they think he killed a guy, which he did. Uh, and so he's like, oh, this is your lucky day. Then he appears, in my mind, to flip the coin. As if he, he throws it up in the air, it's spinning. And then when it lands, the only thing is he, it lands, he doesn't really look at what it landed at. It just, the, the badge, or rather the coin sort of transforms into a badge, an FBI which badge. Which looks awesome. Which looks awesome. Um, and he, he does it again in the movie, though. See, assuming that the, whatever it landed on meant something, when he does it again in the movie, it doesn't. Well, hold um, on. So he does, he transforms to this badge, and then he uses that badge to get out of the situation without killing anybody. So it's like, okay, you get the idea that if it lands on a particular side, he doesn't kill somebody. And if it doesn't, he does. That happens twice. He really doesn't look at it either time. And then the third, but he seems to know what it's going to be. And then, then the third time, 
Again, doesn't look at it. Actually, the third time he doesn't even flip it. That was my problem. He doesn't flip right. it at all. He just kills some people with the coin. See, I got the feeling he was just saying it was a lucky day because he had his lucky coin or something. His lucky coin. I, I didn't like. I didn't think it actually meant anything. Uh, but I don't. I don't know. The fact that we're arguing about this is when it really does not seem to mean anything in the movie. I doubt there's any deleted scenes that explain that. No, but the thing um, is, just, his whole job is supposed to be this, to making sure people die at the right time. So if you get the idea that he's killing people arbitrarily, it's kind of silly. Right. Right. Uh, he, of course, well, the whole I, thing that's is why. Silly. That's what I'm saying. The coin doesn't. He can't kill. It's not telling him whether or not he can kill these people. Um, if anything, he can't kill them until it's their time. Uh, is what it seems like. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it's that's too much. That's looking too much into it. If anything, I thought that was a great character, though. Oh, he was a great um, character. Incredibly well played. He looks awesome. He gets to walk around and see the whole time. That's pr- that pretty much never gets must. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it's pretty awesome. I think. Uh, uh, the, I was going to say, I think Billy Burke's character was very well played, too. I think that he was actually cast really well. I thought he, he did a really good job. He sort of had a southern accent. He was like a weird southern cult leader. Uh, but he had sort of an Elvis kind of vibe going to him a little bit. See, that I loved. I thought Burke looked good for the part. Yeah. Um, it kind of came and went, though. He At times, he didn't sell me so much on it. And, like, what the miscast, my, if there's any small amount of miscast, it's that I can see anyone really filling that part. I can see Nicolas Cage playing that part, if that means anything. Nicolas Cage could have um, played that part. Yeah, but uh, Nicholas Cage himself is in just kind of that like hyper "I'm a badass" Nicholas Cage mode that he seems to get in with a lot of these films, um, where he seems to be having a good time and he doesn't care what you think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there. I, I think that he Nicholas Cage might not have been the best person for this because there were times when it seemed like he was. Um, I don't know. There were times when he played it really well, and times when he just sort of was just reading his lines. I thought, I, I thought he was he. That's what I expect from Nicholas Cage. Yeah, but he I is think, definitely in on the joke. You can tell that he gets right, that right. it's a giant goofy joke, and he's not playing it seriously. So and you're right. I don't think he's the best person, but for, I can't see a movie like this done with someone like The Rock or one of these newer action stars. I think Nicholas Cage serves this the, a movie called Drive Angry well. Yeah, I mean, The Rock would be too tongue-in-cheek because The Rock's done so many comedic kind of I, things. I, want, I think somebody like Vin Diesel may be, well, no, he's not. You no, know, I don't think he's badass. So I want Nicolas Cage when I think about it. I want sort of like the, the guy who should not be this guy almost. Yeah, um, I guess you're I, right. I don't know. I'm not saying Nicolas Cage is perfect in this role either, uh, but I, I have a hard time feeling of someone else now. Nicolas Cage is done, drive angry. He definitely um, serves it well, and he's he's good in it. Um, he's still good. Uh, but... Now, the rest of the movie, it, it chugs along really well. It's never boring. Um, it's exciting. It's nowhere gory as it should be, I think. Um, and at times, it's nowhere near as action-y and awesome as it should be. Uh, but at other times, it does all those things super amazing. I, yeah, I think the action that is there is really good. Like, I think the um, there's a lot of great stuff uh, with him shooting from a car as he's driving. It's really cool. There's a, a crazy scene at the end that's also very invocative of... Uh, my Bloody Valentine 3D, where there's just a lot of random, gratuitous nudity, nudity in 3D, and uh, along with a lot of gunfighting and, and things like that. Um, the deaths and, and the, the the way it's shot is very cool. I think that you know uh, all the the cinematography is excellent. So I, yeah, this guy he knows 3D really well because um, a lot of people have it. It's too dark or it's too blurry with these action scenes. But he, for an action film, everything is, is clearly seen, um, and everything seems to have this 3D highlight to it. Uh, but there are times when he doesn't quite use it, like we said earlier. Yeah, I mean, um, I had a few problems have. with with some of that, where there was some uh, depth of field issues, where the background looked like it was separating a little bit, like there was, I could, like you, as if you didn't have your 3D glasses on, you could see like sort of 2D shimmer in the background. Right. Uh, I guess that's sort of unavoidable, but um, for the most part, I agree with you. I, I think that, um, yeah, they, like there, there's a, a big fight uh, on uh, that. It's particularly cool where. Um, Two characters are fighting inside an RV that's driving down the road, and the Nicholas Cage is in a separate car, and there's all sorts of fighting between the two cars. It's 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 very exciting, and it's things that like you probably haven't seen 
at least recently in an action movie in terms of set pieces and the way they do things, which I thought was pretty cool. I agree. Um, and it also has that cool uh, horror-slash-sci-fi type twist to go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, this sounds like a weird thing to say, but I like that God never came into this movie. Um, that God did not actually play a part so much. Do you notice that? Yeah, he wasn't even really mentioned. The it's devil like, was only mentioned offhandedly, kind of too. It's, it's like hell versus hell, if anything. Because mm-hmm. um, everyone seems to be someone, to, like, everyone seems to have a role that they uh, that they want to play or are playing from hell. Um, it's weird how it works out. How did, um, I guess this is a ruining thing, but how did Billy Burke's character actually gain some sort of immortality? Okay, that's one of the Have biggest ever... things that is unclear, because I... Th- it, just, it seems like they just wanted to do a cool special effect at the end. Yeah. This doesn't ruin anything, people. No, uh, no. I mean... I-, I thought that it was kind of implied that Billy Burke was somehow already from hell, or already some kind of extra he, ordinary... given his soul to Satan, this had happened to him? Yeah, maybe, but then the accountant seems to indicate it's, that Satan is not on this on his side. So Yeah, yeah, it's you're right actually. He says that he it's pretty much says that the devil thinks he's a loser. Right. So um, I was kind of confused about that whole thing. Like why would you even need well, So there's there's this plot element of uh, this god killer gun that can kill things that are and it, it, it doesn't kill people who are already dead in the sense that they become non existent. They just disappear. And the only background you get on that is, hey, how'd you get that gun? That's like really it. And he's like, he's I, like I, I took it when no one was looking. It. But that's yeah, really the be- that's really what you have to say, right? I walked in and took it. Like, yeah. Oh that's, that's like what makes him no awesome. Explanation yeah. of why that exists. Um, <laughs> yeah, why what was the devil even doing with that? Yeah. <laughs> just leave it laying around. It could kill me, but it's cool. Um so I don't know. Uh, there's a lot and then, you know, they waste a couple of those bullets in sort of silly scenes, but that's that's yeah. okay. Uh, no, all this out. is minor stuff. We're yeah. just kind of chewing the scenery now. Um, Let me just I, say, sorry, I'm sorry if, you have, if you're not convinced that this is something you want to see, and it, this will tell you whether you want to see this movie. Early on in the film, there is a scene, the first big, big gunfight, Nicolas Cage kills like 50 dudes while having sex with a girl at the same time. Uh, Which I thought she was, ten, was enjoying at the time, but then she absolutely hates him for it right afterwards. And she seemed a little terrified. I think that was okay. Um, okay. But if that's the kind of, like, if you think that is either awesome or funny, or, and both, which is what it actually is, uh, I think you'll enjoy this movie enough to, to see it at least once. And if you're going to see it, why not see it in 3D? I think if you're interested in seeing a film called Drive Angry 3D, yeah, then um, you're going to see it. Otherwise, you're going to kind of make fun of the poster and move on, I think, or think you're above this sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, if this seems like something you'd like, I can tell you that it does, in fact, deliver on those things you want. Um, it, I think it does deliver not as much, uh, not so much as movies like My Bloody Valentine, which had a little more going for it. I think that made it uh, a bit more interesting. But, Better story, sure. Um, Driving Re 3D gets a five from me. Like I said, it walks that line. Um, depending on what kind of type, what type of person you are, you're gonna, you know, you're, you might edge that a bit more one way or the other. No, that's interesting because I thought that uh, you seemed like you're more positive about it than a five. Like I was, I, I was assuming a six from you. Like, I, not to get into like what movies actually contribute to society and everything like that, but I, this movie does not I deserve like some big bump up in its rating. I don't think. Um, it's just it's kind of like here I am. I this, like it is what it is that sort of thing. And I feel like if I you know, the movie itself would actually be content with knowing it had a five out of ten. I know that sounds weird, but actually it could be like eh, that's kind of what I was going for. Um, well, I left with a bet with more of an enthusiasm for it. Uh, I actually would recommend it to people. Like, I left with sort of a, a bounce in my step after seeing it. It's obviously it's just disposable fun, but I would actually recommend it to people. And I thought it was it was pretty pretty damn good. Uh, so I gave it a seven. Um, it's. Uh, I, I think I would recommend if you're interested in seeing it, definitely see it in theaters. It will not be good. The whole like DVD Blu-ray 3D thing, which has not quite been worked out yet. I'm not sure if that's the case, but I think that. It, there's no reason not to see it, other than the fact that it was $15 when I went to see it. But um, 
Yeah, that's, is that just you? $22 for two people. That's Chicago for me, for you, yeah. Chicago non-matinee prices. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I actually think it would be fine in 2D, to be honest with you. There's a couple really cool 3D moments, so, but, you know, yeah. I think, I don't know, it adds to the cheesiness fun, I guess. It I mean, does, that's true, yeah. Uh, but then again, I, if you were to tell me that I, I was painting to see Nicolas Cage in 3D, I'd tell you no way. <laughs> but you did know that. It was not like they were hiding <laughs> yeah, that know. from it's, You're kind of right about that. Um, anyway, though, I, I do actually recommend it. Uh, I, I give it a seven. I think you know if you liked uh, if you liked Grindhouse that kind of thing, I say go see. If you liked Machete, I think this is better than Machete. So go I see agree. It. Um, it's, I actually think it's better than most of Grindhouse. I didn't think Grindhouse itself. And if you watch any, if you listen or watch any interviews with people who make Grindhouse films, they'll tell you Grindhouse was not a good Grindhouse movie. Well, um, at Grindhouse. So I saw it again recently. And um, which uh, did you see a certain part? Or just watch the whole thing. I watched both movies with the trailers, the whole thing, um, at, at a friend's place. And I feel like it might. The friend said to me, and I think this is true, that ter- that rather Rodriguez made a parody of Grindhouse movies, which I really enjoyed, and Tarantino made more of an homage to Grindhouse movies, uh, which I also enjoyed less. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't. I thought Tarantino made a Tarantino movie, if anything. I see. I agree. I, mean, I, I, I did not agree with you at first. Like, oh, this is a grindhouse film, which I like. It has a bunch of girls kicking butt. But how's that different than like Kill Bill or whatnot? I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I actually did not agree with that at first. And then when I watched it again, I was like, you know, this is just any Tarantino movie with a slight haze of grindhouse over it. Um, he just made the movie he wanted to make. He didn't really follow the, the grindhouse rules so much. Still, there are definitely enjoyable parts in Death Proof. Uh, I liked it overall. But anyway, whole other conversation. But uh, if you did like Grindhouse, I think you'll like Drive Angry. Um, meanwhile, I kind of like plugging next week, so let's plug the Adjustment Bureau next week. Yeah. Uh, run out and see it so you can be ready to agree or disagree with us. Matt Damon wears a hat. Uh, oh, lots of guys wear hats, Ryan. Mm-hmm. If you love the doors. Um. Oh, uh, criticalin.com. Indeed. Uh, daily content during the week. Every um, weekday, and if you uh, missed our Oscar Live blog Sunday, you can go there. back and watch the replay uh, on the site. All there, and it's all awesome. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes. Uh, yeah, just give us a search, Critical End, uh, on any of those social media services, and uh, we'll be sure we have you. Also, I have a weird thing to say. Um, <laughs> there, <laughs> rubber baby pants. Uh, no, uh, I as uh, recently looked at this website Stitcher, okay. which is interesting because it streams podcasts to your mobile device without you having to download them, which is kind of cool because you can have instant access to the new stuff and that kind of thing. You don't have to sync it with iTunes. Uh, okay. It does other things too, but anyway, it's sort of a neat site. So it's, it's Stitcher.com if you're anyone's curious. Um, however. I feel like I can't figure out the interface for actually like adding a podcast to it. It's like popular podcasts are on there, but not all of them. So I want one of our listeners to go to Stitcher.com and try to figure out how to add Critical End to Stitcher and get that done because I think we need to be on there. It's the way of the Maybe they, they don't actually let you add it. Maybe it's a, uh, not like a user interface type thing so much as it's just like we created this website, so we're, uh, we're putting whatever we want to on there. They don't, don't seem to be like content guardians where it's like here's the best. They seem to be yeah, like we'll what, get whatever we can get, and since – our podcast feed is free. Like there are plenty of other sites that aggregate our feed, not and don't tell us. So, I don't know. I mean, you're right. There doesn't seem to be an easy interface, but the site's a little confusing anyway. So somebody should email those guys and get us on there. Is what I'm trying to say. I'll get on that. Good. If I was one of our listeners, that's what I'd say. <laughs> I love this show. I would say that. <laughs> Logan Rock. I'm gonna send them some money now. That Logan's so handsome. That's what I would say if I was a listener. I'm gonna listen to this podcast and touch my naughty bits. That's what I would say. 
<laughs> you do say that. I do often say. That wasn't you as a listener at no, all, that's Ryan. Just me. That's what I do when I edit. That's it. Like, oh, Ryan. Oh, I'm gonna stop sending you my version of the audio. You should probably do that. your it's... version of the audio. Yeah. Um. Anyway. All right. Uh. Any uh. Any uh. Any movie news from Ryan for this week? Did you have you seen any movies of interest? Uh, well, that I, I should write home about? Not really. I saw, like I said, I saw Machete fairly recently, and I thought that, you know, it was fine. It was a distraction. It was not as good as Grindhouse. It didn't need to be made. I was like, all right, Rodriguez, I, I already got it. I got I it from the trailer. Exactly. Um, you know, and I, again, I also, you, I think you'd already said that, but I was like, oh, you know, give it a chance. Nah, it, it wasn't that great. It was fine. Um, what else did I see recently? I feel like I saw something yeah, I'm the same way. I significant. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of uh, a bit of Fry and Laurie recently, which is really great stuff. Um, um, I just recently got a film that was uh, in no way recommended to me, but I recommend it to myself, Ryan. <laughs> yes. It's called uh, it's 2011. It's called The Traveler, and it has a very very overweight and obese Val Kimmler. Okay. And basically, uh, this came out in January. He strolls into a small town. And he says, all these people are going to die. I'm a big fat Val Kimmler. Yeah. And they, uh, this is straight to DVD, I should point. And so they lock him up. And while he's in... Now does he guys, list, wait, does he list certain people or is he saying everyone in the town's dying? No, no, he lists certain people. Oh. Like, all these people right here are going to die. Like, here's my list of people. Um, and here's how they're going to die. I even know how. And um, so they lock him up because they're like, oh, you know, he's a threat. He could go out and kill these people, etc. And then the people start dying. And so they're like, hey, big fat OB is Val Kimmler. What's going on? He's like, hey, global warming. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 don't, I, don't I don't know. Care. I don't know. I haven't seen that part of the movie. That was described uh, by Entertainment Weekly, who gave an absolutely terrible review in the exact wrong way. They described it in a way that makes it sound awesome if you're Logan. They said it's uh, a uh, directed like a Saw film, but written by Stephen King. I'm like, this sounds awesome. That sounds great. Um, yeah, so I'll let you know how bad that turns out to be. So you haven't seen it yet? I haven't seen it. It's oh, just it's kind of sitting there mocking me on my shelf from right. Netflix. And Netflix is judging me for having it for so long, I'm sure. Totally. Um, but I bounce it out. I'll get Lethal Weapon next or something, you know. Uh, then they'll judge me for renting a uh, Mel Gibson movie. I need to see those all again. I don't know. I, I mean, I assume I could still enjoy them, but I don't know. I would be thinking a little bit about Mel Gibson the whole time. That's how I, I, I'm the same way. I had a, like, I can't remember what it was. Some Mel Gibson movie sitting in my DVD collection. And I was like, you know, I kind of want to watch this. I enjoyed the movie, but now, I don't know if I could do it now with Mel Gibson stuff going on. But it's kind of like, uh, I, last night there was a, I think it was a new episode of um, Three and a Half Men on, mm-hmm. and I had the exact same thing happen to me. Three like, and a Half I, Men, the sequel. Uh, three and a Half Men, Two and a Half Men. Sorry, mm-hmm. I've never really watched this show. Um, I felt dirty watching it. I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this anymore. Speaking of which, Charlie Sheen completely crazy. Oh my god, have you seen the Today Show stuff and all that? Yes, That's crazy. And he's all like shaking and stuff, and I'm like, okay, this is. Uh, I love his, uh, but I, I'm gonna get on drugs and claim that I'm. My, I'm, I'm the only drug I'm on is Charlie Sheen. <laughs> You're also on the drug Charlie oh, Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Yeah. I think uh, that should be the name of some cool designer drug now, Charlie Sheen. It's just called Sheen. Yeah, I'm going to do some Sheen, man. My favorite quote from that was uh, Jeff, somebody asked him, like, have you ever gone to the set uh, drunk or hungover? And he goes, no, never. And then he pauses and goes, a little sideways, but, <laughs> which I think is great. <laughs> a little sideways. Uh, my Charlie Sheen exists only in the Hot Shots and Hot Shots 2, I think. Look, he's not even that great in those movies. Those are great movies. He's not that great at comedy. Oh, Carrie always acts him under the table in that of first course. film. But no, he serves those films well. He 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 was only great. He, the only reason he was cast so much is because he looked like uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, that killer Tom Cruise sheen going on. Yeah, and he's no, he's he's fine enough in those movies. I'm not trying to be oh, yeah. too hard on. I him. like a lot, don't you? Um, but that's about it. Indeed. All right. Well, cool. Uh, well, a good show, sir. I guess we'll. Uh...
We'll see you guys next week with some more fantastical critical end stuff with Matt Damon and the Adjustment Bureau with hats. Yeah, I was going to say, wear your hat, folks. Wear That's your how hats. I plan to see is with multiple hats on Ryan, and I will take one off for every Matt Damon hat put on. If you so, if you run out of hats, do you have to drink or something? I don't. Know, what's this game? I'll, I'll fill the hats with booze first. Yeah, that's or actually you, good. Let's do that. And then I'll drink every hat I drink. I'll put on that hat after I drink it. Oh, all right. What? So it's gonna be wet, like beery hats. <sighs> this is. I'll get some lining first. I'll line the hats, Ryan. Sir, Listen, at first I was just going to drink during the movie, but now I have to wear hats, and sir, now you want me to put booze in the hats. I'm sorry, do you have a question? I just want, sir, are you trying to sneak vodka in your hat into the theater? Is that a hat full of vodka? <laughs> I have no answer to that. It's <laughs> well, a hat full of vodka. What does it look like, kid? Well, I mean, I, I can't legally. This is not appropriate for you. Do You have to leave it out. I'm on the drug, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Seriously, do you know where I can score some Sheen at? Maybe some Estevez on the side. Oh. A little Ramon Estevez. Oh, Ramon Estevez. No one wants to snort that. That's some uh, obscure trivia for you. Joe that Estevez. Martin? Isn't that Martin Sheen's real name? Is yeah, like I think Ram- so. But Joe Estevez is the one you really <laughs> don't want. Still the conversation I'm having with the usher. Isn't that, isn't that Martin <laughs> Sheen? Sir, I don't know. I don't know which Estevez is which.